Hey guys, welcome to the Access Baseball Podcast. I'm your host, Vin Masana. Um, it's been a little over a week since I last spoke, and a lot has happened. I apologize for that. It's just tough to commit to doing uh, frequent podcasts uh, with, with all the coverage going on. But um, so we, since we last spoke, the big news was the NJIT Stony Brook, <clears throat> the Stony Brook fiasco with the America East Conference. Um, look, I think if you read my article or, you know, if you're, if you have a brain, you probably are on the side of Stony Brook in, in the situation. Um, it was just kind of a, I don't know, it's nonsensical to me. I know that the commissioner came out, made a statement saying that they exhausted all options and that the NCAA did not allow them to, um, continue the game the next day, even though that the selection wasn't going to be until 12 o'clock. But in case you missed it, basically the story was that Sony Brook was going to play NJIT on Saturday uh, of Memorial Day weekend for the America East Championship, and there was a rain delay with Stony Brook leading one to nothing in the third inning. See, look, I've already recount- recounted this story so many times, I know right off the top of my head this situation. But so Stony Brook had bases loaded, and they were winning, <clears throat> and they were the regular season champs. They wind up um, halting the game for a rain delay. Um, they, they say they're going to play it the next day, uh, Sunday, when the next day comes, they determine that it's raining and that they can't play, even though it was about 1230, um, in the afternoon. So I don't know exactly what type of forecast they got, but from what I heard, um, a lot of people that were there thought they could have played the game. They chose not to. And under their rules, they determined that they would send the team to the, NCAA regionals that had the undefeated record going into that game, the previous game, uh, which was NJIT at at two and zero. So it was a unique situation to say the least. Disappointing for Stony Brook. It ended a lot of players' careers that way since they did not get a uh, at large bid to go to the regional. Uh, NJIT wound up celebrating in the parking lot, and they um, they won a game in the regional to their credit. They actually, this was on Friday, June 4th, so they lost to Arkansas in a game they were winning 3 nothing. A lot of people in Arkansas, I'm sure, were not exactly thrilled, um, but uh, they are the number one team in the country, and it's baseball, so they could not just let the clock run out. They had to actually get the outs, and Arkansas came storming back, and they won 13-8 to in that game. The next day, June 5th, against Northeastern, they won uh, three to two. So I'll give them credit. A lot of people said they were going to go two and out. So definitely credit where credit's due. You go to a, a regional and you win a game. I don't think that's any small task. Um, and then the next game, you know, the clock struck 12 on the Cinderella story, so to, so to speak, and they lost 18 to four to Nebraska. So that was the America East tournament. Um, Malloy, since we last spoke, their season had ended as well. Uh, they were in the regional, and they went to the absolute brink. I mean, you go to a um, do-or-die game against Southern New Hampshire at up in Ringe, New Hampshire. That's Franklin Pierce's home field. Um, I think it's it's very impressive. And, you know, I've used this phrase before, but it was, it was Malloy's time. I think every team just kind of has that feel sometimes going through the season. They were upper-class heavy. They had pitching, veteran pitching, and then their one young guy was – in the in the rotation was Charlie Cucciara, who won the clinching game in the in the ECC championship against uh, St. Thomas Aquinas, and then he wins an elimination game. I'm sorry, the second game of the regional, um, and against Beacon um, 
I forget the name of the the I forget the the name of the, the school, but he throws another complete game in in an emotionally charged atmosphere. You really can't ask for much more. So they're lucky. I know they're doing backflips that they have Charlie back for another year. Um, he's going to assume the role as ace next year. And um, Panetta, who was their number one entering the season this year, had a good year as well. Um, but he he graduates. Um, he had a great great run. So I mean they're lucky that he was even able to come back because last year he was a fifth year player so but that was a COVID situation he he got his sixth year so so Malloy I mean what can you say about him I think they had an outstanding year I think they're going to be good again next year I don't know exactly if they're going to be make it to the College World Series good not a lot of teams are in the country but I think they're definitely going to be the favorites in the ECC and they'll they'll probably end up back in the regional next year um and I think the last time we did the podcast, uh, Adelphi was still playing. Uh, they ended up getting eliminated in the uh, <clears throat> championship of the NE10 tournament. And uh, that was that. One, once Malloy, Adelphi, and uh, Stony Brook season ended, that was it for the local teams. And we shifted our focus completely to high school ball, which right now, if you're listening to this, it is probably Wednesday. And it's game one of the championship series between Kellenberg and Chaminade. Uh, Kellenberg beat St. Dom's. I was at the, I was at the, uh, the other side of the bracket, which was Chaminade, which was Chaminade and St. John the Baptist. That was a great game. I mean, Kyle Chase against John Downing. I knew it was going to be good. Um, you know, people that follow summer ball closely knew knew about John Downing. I think this time next year, he's going to be probably the first or second best pitcher in the league. Um, and I would say the other one would be Kyle Chase. One of those two are going to be the most known players. And that's why I wanted to go to that game. You know, Kyle is a bulldog. I know his velocity for the most part was not where I thought it was going to be. I definitely thought in that setting he'd be, you know, 90 to 91. He was more upper 80s. Downing was the same thing, you know, mid to upper 80s. But he's lefty, and that's more than enough to get it done. Um, going to the season, I thought they were going to be competing for a championship because of that triumvirate, which I thought was going to be Downing, Joe Ariola, and J.J. Gaddy. As we know, Ariola went down with Tommy John surgery, had it on April 2nd, committed to Wake Forest, absolute stud. Um, one of the few high school lefties I've ever seen from here that was that's sitting in the upper 80s as a um, as a sophomore last year. I mean, just absolutely electric arm. So anyway, they didn't have him this season. Um, Downing stepped up. JJ Gaddy stepped up. Matt Brandt stepped up. Um, it was a really good game. St. John the Baptist made two crucial errors in the first inning. That was the two runs. That was that was the difference. Um, St. John the Baptist wound up getting on the board um, in the third inning on an RBI ground out by Christian Alisea, who um, who scored Kyle Chase. And how Kyle Chase scored is actually pretty amazing. I mean, the kid singles to right center field against Downing, uh, and he goes to third on a bloop single to left field that not a lot of kids probably advanced to third on. And not only did it get him to third, but it got the the runner to second to avoid the potential double play. And it winds up scoring them a run because Alisea hits a ground ball to second that um, probably would have been two. And I don't, they wouldn't have got on the board. So it was very impressive 
um, it showed his athleticism. I mean, he's also a star football player, so it's not that surprising. Um, and that that avoided the double play. It got him on the board. Um, they probably should have tied it up in the sixth inning. They had a runner on second base and one out. He tried to steal a third, third out of the inning. I mean, they teach you that. Literally, don't be the third out of the inning at third. Trying to steal third there was just not the right call. Um, and then in the seventh inning, they get a leadoff single by Joe Alley. And um, they can't, they they couldn't get the run across. You probably, probably would have sent. I probably would have sent somebody up to bunt in that situation. Um, Campo didn't get it down. Winds up striking out, and then the next batter hits into a double play to end it. Nick Petrillo. Um, so it was just a good baseball game. I mean, the two hours in the first inning was literally the difference in the game. I know a lot of times it's hyperbole that one mistake could cost the game, but in the Catholic League, that's the case. And Going into today, that's definitely going to be the case because it's a wood bat league. It's a big ballpark. You're not going to see a lot of extra base hits. The pitchers are good. Um, but speaking of the pitchers, it's going to be interesting because with the new rules that were in place from 2017, uh, Downing and Andrew Koshy are not available. Um, and for those that are unaware, Koshy is a sophomore from Kellenberg that throws gas. And he definitely is somebody that you want on the mound in a playoff situation. So... Unless there's a rainout, that's the one caveat. So the way the rules work, if you throw over 90 pitches, you need four days of rest. And Friday would only be three days of rest. Um, you know, it's it's good that they have rules in place. But, I mean, at 93 pitches, like for Downing, for example, you know, Koshi threw a little, I think, in that range, too, between 90 and 100. Um, you would probably feel comfortable throwing a kid in relief for one or two innings on three days rest. But if it gets rained out... Like I said, the one caveat is if they have that extra day of rest. So if one of these days gets rained out and they wind up playing on Saturday, the gloves are off. The kids can start. So, you know, with the way our weather is, I would not be surprised if that ends up happening. Um, You know, it's definitely a possibility we could see a rain out, so don't rule it out. But if not, I don't know exactly who each team turns to. You either see, so you have Jack Hughes, you have John Kwiatowski, um, and for and for Shamanad, you have JJ Gaddy and Matt Brandt. So I'm not sure which team, which who they turn to um, if there's not a rainout. So it'll be interesting to find out. So that's going to be starting today, um, and then game two will be tomorrow, and then game three, if necessary, is on Friday. Like I said, weather pending. So um, you know, as as you guys know, Shamanad won on in 2019. They're going to be looking to win. Uh, I guess you would say back-to-back, even though there was no season last year. Um, and I would like to do another one of these next week, previewing the Suffolk County and Nassau County postseason, because there's a lot of in- intrigue in that. Just the way the format goes, really only need to win three games to be to be a county champ. And then they have the they added the Long Island Championship for June 20th. So, so I just wanted to check in. That's the latest with the college and the Catholic League. And... Um, We'll check in again next week before the uh, Suffolk and Nassau playoffs.